calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Diking Out is brought to you by Studio. Studio combines modern Scandinavian design with studio sound quality to make headphones that look more like a fashion accessory and less like AV equipment. Uh, right now, our listeners can get 15% off their purchase by going to studio.com. That's S-U-D-I-O. And using the code DYKE, capital D-Y-K-E. And you'll see they have uh, different models, different colors. I'm sure you'll find something you like. It's a beautiful aesthetic. And they have free worldwide shipping. So go to studio.com, code DYKE, and get yourself some cool headphones. Now let's get the show started. But then I'm like, every time I've run into her... She has no idea who I am. So I'm like, I'm getting all worked up, and I swear to God, she's going to have no clue who I am and not know that we've met before, <laughs> which is what happened. So we right. shut up. Right. No idea who I am. Like, even though, like, last time she saw me, I did have pink hair. So I felt like maybe she'll, she'll remember this time. Um, but then I, I got off stage and she was like, oh my God, you were so fucking funny. Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm like, like, I know I've probably talked about you. Oh no. Right. (laughs) I was like, oh, thanks. Hi, I'm Perry. And like now, uh, you know, never mind all the mean things I said, because she thinks I'm fucking hilarious. And it's all (laughs) her redemption narrative is complete. Yeah. (laughs) I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, the podcast that you can play out loud at work to let everyone know what you're all about. I'm Carrie Berg. <laughs> I'm Sarah York. And uh, that intro was actually inspired by a listener email. Uh, Nikki wrote to us and said, okay, so I have a new job and didn't know how to go about coming out to my new colleagues as I am single. So can't bring up a girlfriend like I would usually. But yesterday while listening to your podcast, I was asked what I was listening to. And there's no ambiguity about listening to something called Diking Out. (laughs) Though we do have straight listeners. but That's great. think it's going to be my go-to way of coming out from now on. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, Nikki. Oh my God, cool. Yeah. Keep coming out that I way. I love that, yeah. 
Anyway, today we'll be diking out with all-round rad queer lady Wazina Zondon about hair, the stuff, not the musical. Uh, <laughs> Wazina is a sexuality educator and trainer, the co-creator and performer of Coming Out Muslim, Radical Acts of Love, and best friend of past diking out guest Alyssa Robbins. We know Wazina from one of the episodes of The Box Show where she came mm-hmm. on and was a panelist. I think that was the sex episode, right? Mm-hmm. And our listeners, you may have seen her on Netflix as part of the documentary The Outlist. You, yeah. You were like yeah, in such amazing. good company on that. I know. I, I was like, whoa. It's like Ellen DeGeneres, Wanda <laughs> Sykes, Neil Patrick Harris, and Wazina. Yeah, I'm like the not only not famous person on that. <laughs> <laughs> and still not famous, actually. <laughs> Paying my own rent. When I saw that, I was like, like I, I knew a little bit about your, your background and the coming up. Um, coming out Muslim show, but then I saw that I was like, "Has Wazina like? Did she used to be on a sitcom or something in the early two thousands? Or like, did I miss something here?" That's great. Yeah. It's uh, been just like just super lucky to be on that. And yeah, then, how yeah. did that come about? Um, I used to work at a nonprofit that dealt with like anti LGBT bullying, oh, and then nice. I left to go back to teaching. Yeah, and so they were looking. The documentary folks were looking for a teacher to talk about the state of being a teacher, an out teacher, what are LGBTQI youth going through and experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so we interviewed for two hours and that's the piece they used. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. About oh, my family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine, yeah, that uh, they have you say all this stuff and mm-hmm. then only like two minutes makes it into yeah. the yeah. actual thing. Um, and then I'm sure they piece together things maybe out of context or, but it all sounded mm-hmm. good when it came together yeah. and our intern had actually watched it, like not realizing that you were going to be a guest on. And she's like, Oh my God, I just watched that the other night. But Karina's not here today because college, college is, is over, over for the summer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, she's going home. back to the Midwest. Yeah. Usually she's here with us fact checking mm-hmm. all the nonsense we say, but um, <laughs> wow. she'll be, we'll just have to furiously Google our own references yeah. all summer long. Yeah. <laughs> So she'll be digging out from afar and doing things for us. But we will miss Karina. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has been wonderful. So last night I performed at the Stonewall Inn. Okay. Which I love to do. Um, I've performed there before. There's this monthly show called Comedy at Stonewall. And it's usually kind of like a lively a lively bunch in the mm-hmm. audience. There were uh, a lot of lesbians out and queer women. And I'm like, I don't know, seven or eight minutes into my set. And um, I get a, a heckle, and my heckles are usually positive heckles, but like a heckle is a heckle. So mm-hmm. this woman just yells, "I love your pink hair!" Like in the middle of me doing it. God, show. that's annoying. What's wrong with you? And I, you know, I I dealt with it. I was like, "Oh, we covered that one five minutes ago," but I'm glad you're starting to catch up because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like I mentioned my hair, but. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what that is that drives like obviously I have a set time right. and like predetermined things that I'm trying to get through while while I'm on stage and then I got off stage and she was like you were great. I'm the one that yelled the thing about the pink mm. hair. Oh great. You're and the most like, annoying cool. person in the room. Well, I did give her a Diking Out business card. I'm oh, like, well, you should listen fine. to my podcast. So if you're listening now, you're a no longer annoying. A subscriber yeah. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> she, can, she can yell into her phone while she's listening to this, if and you, we won't hear it. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to redeem yourself, you can give to our Patreon. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Listen, uh, a, a $25 a month commitment is all you got to do forever. And yeah, we- <laughs> you can heckle me as much as you want. You can come to my shows and heckle me at every show. Now, it's this weird thing where my heckles are always like drunk women complimenting me. Like the first time I ever got heckled was this woman who was like about to pass out. And I had kind of like a self-deprecating joke. And she just yells, you're beautiful. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Oh, God. And I'm like, okay. Someone come okay. get your aunt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it's a compliment, it's still a heckle, yeah? Yeah. It's still an interruption. Yeah. 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 Any, you know? type of, any type of interruption is considered a, a heckle, which a lot of people think heckling is just like, you suck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's when like oh um you know we all know this and someone's like no not me and oh, you're like no that's, that's a heckle why don't people know how to be in an audience there's yeah. nothing easier than being in a fucking audience yeah you sit and you receive entertainment <laughs> yeah you can react like you can laugh you can clap you can do whatever you yeah. don't even have to do anything all you have to do is sit there and shut up like yeah. but it's so hard for some people to do yeah it's yeah. so funny. It's the most passive thing you can possibly do for entertainment. Like you are required to do absolutely nothing but <laughs> exist in your seat. Yeah. Yet like that is like impossible for some people. Like they don't know how to just like accept the 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 material given to them. Yeah. It's it's beyond me. And <laughs> I um I actually so I saw the show that I won't shut up about and I posted on social media. It's called Nanette. As soon as I got out of it, I texted Sarah yeah. very aggressively. Yeah. And, and was then, like, like you need later, to I got see an email this. From you about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I got a text <laughs> and an email. <laughs> I was contacting people multiple ways, letting them know they need to to see this. And by the time this comes out, the show will be over um, in New York. I think May twenty sixth is the last mm. date. But was you know, if you haven't seen it, I recommend going to see Nanette at the Soho Playhouse, and it is incredible, incredible. It's is it Han- a comedy? Yes, it's Hannah Gadsby. Oh. And she's a Australian comedian. And the first part of the show is her doing stand-up comedy and like very, very good, very funny stand-up comedy. And then it takes a hard turn mm-hmm. into why she's quitting stand-up comedy and about um, her life experiences. And then she kind of breaks down what comedy is. And you reminded me of that because there there was somebody who like – um, she mentions a heckle from uh, a previous show where she asked kind of a rhetorical question and somebody, some lesbian was like, libraries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, there, there were a couple people during the show who yelled out stuff and then she would just say libraries back to them. That's funny. Um, but the show would have me like laughing one second and then like eyes welling up with tears mm. the next and like multiple times her making me feel like I'd just been like sucker punched to the gut. Wow. I like, I've never seen something so powerful and the way um, it's going to be a Netflix special, but seeing it live and being in the audience because she manipulates the audience. She is like completely in control. It's like a conductor conducting an orchestra and she knows how to get everybody to be exactly where she wants them to be. And these sucker punches are just like, hit you out of nowhere. I don't know. I walked out and I was like, what? Yeah. Like the show ended and people in the audience were just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. People. I had so, somebody give me a flyer for it. Like at oh, a dinner yeah. like two months ago and I should have taken it seriously, but someone was like, you have to go. Like she was straight, just like you two lesbians, you need to go. Yeah. <laughs> and pulled yeah. out the flyer from her purse and everything. And I should have taken it more seriously. So um, in a, in a moment of lesbian, uh, like <gasps> fandom, I 
saw in person Jessica Capshaw ah! a few days ago. Also known as Arizona from Grey's Anatomy. From a 92 season long Uh, Grey's Anatomy that premiered uh, in 1981 and is still running. Was Um, Zena shaking her head like she's never. uh, Oh, yeah. She's not aware of the. I I did not watch the show. I didn't watch Grey's Anatomy like. I, I would not consider myself a fan of that show. Um, I did. I was in the room when it was on the television a lot mm-hmm. in college. Like right when when I was in college was like kind of the the really popular time of that show. Yeah, I would say like amongst especially amongst like twenty oh to twenty three. I can't year believe it's been on that long. It's, it's been, been on since we've been in high school, right? Uh, yeah, because yeah. when I was in, I was a sophomore in college, and it was like well into I think okay. the third season or so, which this was back in two thousand five. Um, so yeah, it's on like the it's probably it's almost twenty seasons at this point. It's wow. crazy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, there's a character arc in which Dr. Kelly Torres <laughs> is she's she doesn't start the show like with any sort of romantic thing, right? Or no, yeah. she does. I don't know. I think she has a thing with one of the male characters, maybe, and then she eventually is in a relationship with a woman in the show named Arizona. And this is the actress who played her came into the place where I work. And I was like, no one knows who she, mm-hmm. like she's one of those actresses that like only major grays fan people know. Well, really anyone who and watches lesbians I mean, she was on for a while. YouTube right. And lesbians who have literally only Googled Arizona and Cali, which I have. Calzona. Calzona. Yeah. yeah a <laughs> um, obviously I didn't say anything to her because that's <laughs> really against the rules and in the, in the in the like fancy sure. restaurant world, yeah. but oh. um, but yeah, I was like, wow, what a specific like diconic person this is. But <laughs> yeah. like none of my coworkers had any idea who she was. She hooked up with Ben on the L word. Oh, I didn't know that. You stopped watching at that. point. I did. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she's wow. she's the TA that that hooks up with Bet. So mm-hmm. Jessica Capshaw mm-hmm. has a lot of um, on screen yeah lesbian cred. She does. Yeah. If she ever needs like a boost of confidence, she should just go to Colexicon and like have a <laughs> line of people waiting to take a photo with her. <laughs> she may have been there. Yeah. <laughs> Not this past time, but but that's Lesbians one are, I would wait in the fans. line for. It. Yeah. I mean, she's the only one legged lesbian. On she. <laughs> I, I shouldn't it's laugh true. about no, that. Oh, I forgot. But. I completely forgot about that part of her story. She loses her leg at some point. Oh. Um, in like an accident or something? What happened in her character? The, there was a plane crash. That's right. And like, you know, it's... It's it's a very dramatic show. Yeah. It, the I, wildest I, I laugh, things I you could imagine happen every episode. the wildest things yeah. happen and then like... It's a hospital she, show. I mean, it's yeah. just... But it's <laughs> It's good. a soap opera, essentially. It's good to show people like with disabilities and half-storylines yeah, dealing with that because like I've known people... Um, you know, throughout my life who either like from birth or through accidents mm-hmm. or through um, like being in the military have like yeah. lost yeah. a leg, lost mm-hmm. a, an arm. And that's like something they have to deal with for your, for your whole fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, but that's the cool thing on the show is that it's like, it's, it, they didn't treat it like, Oh, she lost her leg. Now let's mm-hmm. keep going. It's, it is an ongoing yeah. thing. And it kind of like it was a strain on their relationship. Her. It's and a like, strain on yeah. their relationship. It kind of changed her. It made her like a little bit angrier, kind of at mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. And um, the the pain, like her prosthetic, was painful for mm-hmm. her. And that it's like a constant thing to address. So yeah, um, yeah. I, like yeah, she's you know, awesome. For for as much as I'll shit on Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> like Shonda Rhimes 
will do a good job of trying to give something like mm-hmm. the weight that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't do anything in like a. She's not Ryan Murphy. A, yes, exactly. Oh God. <laughs> Was, it's Ryan Murphy did a Glee. Oh yeah, and, and he'll just like be like, "Ooh, here's okay. something controversial that we can do," and it's yeah. like one episode, one episode and yeah. paints a really broad stroke mm-hmm. over it, and, yeah. and it really yeah, it's very misses clunky. the mark. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, as much as Shonda Rhimes' shows are essentially like, like the drama is really just coming out of the fire hose. Like every <laughs> single thing is yeah. like the most dramatic thing that could possibly happen in this yeah. scenario will happen in every scenario. Yeah. Um, I mean, she knows what she's doing. Mm. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to give Shonda Rhimes any pointers. <laughs> right. <laughs> she could, won't hear me atop her mountain of money anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to return to ER. I think that was my oh, hospital yeah. show growing up, like high school. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I, more into ER than I was into I Grey's remember, Anatomy. It's I think I, remember, I think now. my mom watched ER, and I remember like because that because that mm-hmm. yeah, I guess because that ran in like the mid '90s mm-hmm. into like the early 2000s. Um, it's interesting to watch to see that show now because I think that like George Clooney is definitely getting better with age. Like he looks so much better and it's almost like yeah. freakishly like he needs to be studied. He's like, <laughs> he was good looking in ER and now I'm just like, how are you just getting, how are mm-hmm. you, how is this just a constant progress with you? Um, how good Sexism. His, sexism. <laughs> yeah. Men can age and we right? can, yeah, still it's see ridiculous. graceful. Uh, pressure. His wife, was gorgeous at the royal wedding. I don't care oh about God. the royal wedding, and I didn't pay attention too much. But like, people were posting pictures it. of her. I didn't like watch the coverage. But oh my God! Yeah, she is. Oh, she, in that yellow, she wore like yes, that yellow that dress. Color, oh man. my God! Yeah, she's beautiful. Um, my girlfriend saw them in person <sighs> at her job because there was a private party, and for the like, I think it was for that tequila company or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah she's. She's like uh, confirmed. Amal Clooney is literally a <laughs> goddess in person. Yeah. Like she, like she, like radiates this like beautiful energy. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. I mm-hmm. will also say about George Clooney. I hear he's a very generous tipper. Yeah, uh, somebody I know is doing a coat check, and mm. he tipped them like fifty bucks for a coat check. Yeah, right? you kind of have to in that. Like, yeah. when you get to certain, I mean, obviously he's like insanely wealthy, but you, I feel like celebrities. They know that the internet will find out if they're mm-hmm. bad at that. So they're just like, here, just take them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's more, it's almost like a PR move, but he's also from like a middle class, like a firmly middle class family. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I think he's, yeah, he seems, he seems cool, but I don't know. I think she is like, she's like the perfect person. Yeah. <laughs> like she's like, it's almost too much yeah. <laughs> to behold. <sighs> Amal Clooney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm into her. She'll be a guest yeah. someday. <laughs> You think? How could we get a Mal Clooney? Uh, I know nothing about her humanitarian like lawyer stuff. <laughs> oh, I wonder uh, actually if if Jess Solomon might have any oh. connections to her because Jess Solomon was a UN war crimes lawyer. Oh, right. <laughs> so. oh yeah, Whoa. yeah. I do know people that have done way better things than I'll ever do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been an interesting arc from UN war crimes lawyer <laughs> yeah. to. A comedian, right? Uh, oh, that old her. story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She posted a picture the other day that was like her on the war crimes tribunal, all in their like lawyer costumes. Whoa. You know, <laughs> suits. No, 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 no. It wasn't suits. Oh, it was okay. like like a cloak or oh, something. Cool. Like she was going to Hogwarts. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, anywho. Yeah. What's going on with you? Anything new? I mean, there's the Stonewall thing. Um, This week I did impulsively buy tickets to go see Jimmy Eat World. Oh, okay. (laughs) That is a band I have not heard in a long time. Right? (laughs) And when I do, I only want to hear that one song. The one song? Like, in the middle. Yeah. 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 It's a great song. I feel like the middle has stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anytime it comes on, I've (laughs) never seen someone who's like, ugh, not this song. Everyone's like, oh, this song, wonderful. Mm but yeah, I I was looking for for tickets to to something else, and then something popped up that's like Jimmy World and in Brooklyn, um, and just I had this compulsion like I need to buy these tickets, and I bought them, and, and they had a, a good album come out a couple of years ago that I didn't listen to too much, mm-hmm. but um, it it is good. And then I was listening back to Bleed American, which took me back to like high school. Oh yeah, and, totally. And there. You know, one thing about Jimmy Eat World that <laughs> I didn't know I had like such an affinity to them until like the universe just compelled me to to buy these tickets. Yeah. And um, I totally forgot about this one song on their album that just like ripped my little lesbian heart out of its <laughs> chest. Because I, you know, so many songs I find are are unrelatable mm-hmm. when you're a lesbian. That's why we latch on to things like Tegan and Sarah or mm-hmm. more like female artists because the it's a point of view that you can relate to. So yeah. there weren't many male artists where the songs and the lyrics really got me, but there's like this one song called Your House that really spoke mm-hmm. to like my relationship with my second girlfriend that just like... It was, it was just so, oh, that one was such a tough one to get over because we, we became like best friends and then started dating. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should have never started dating and then kind of broke up because we were going to college and um, still kind of wanted to hold on to our friendship. Yeah. But it got really complicated and like every time, you know, I just always had this like hope that for some reason it would work out even though I knew it would like definitely wasn't going to work yeah. out. And that Jimmy Eat World song oh. just really... Being a high school kid, yeah. you're so susceptible to, like, song lyrics. <laughs> you know oh. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. not so much... Any, I don't know. Like, some songs still can really kind of, like, grab me by the feels, but, like, I feel like every song grabbed me by the yeah. feels when I was, like, 16. Yeah. I would, like, get the liner notes and read through them and mm-hmm. then put them on my AOL profile. Oh. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah. I did that sort of thing. The that song lyrics the in the... Um, away message. Yes, the, in the away, away message. message. Yep. <laughs> in the song. profile went AOL. You really yeah. had to pick those carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because um, sometimes I'll listen to... Th- I don't even listen to music a whole lot now. I think it's... I'm too saturated, yeah. like, overstimulated in New York City. No, mm-hmm. me too. But me when too. I go back to listening, Depeche Mode is like my favorite band. And I just oh, get nice. just like in this weird zone. And I go back to, mm-hmm. I'm like, this song, it shouldn't have meant anything to me. I had very little yeah. experience with anything. I was like under lock and key by my parents. But I was yeah. like, a heartbreak that I never had. I could feel it in right. that song. Yeah. Like, the, it's the heartbreak songs <laughs> that really got me when I was a kid, when I was like in high school, but uh, I had never experienced anything mm-hmm. like that. Had never even been in a relationship or had any, even like a serious crush that like materialized mm-hmm. in anything. Yet those songs were just mm-hmm. like devastating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember in sixth grade when um, I had my first boyfriend and we broke up um, like, I don't know, three months into dating, but it was like a very sixth grade middle school type mm-hmm. relationship. Like maybe we held hands and like he kissed me on the mouth once. Yeah. Uh, 
And and I didn't even like really like him, but it was like the only person I thought who would be my boyfriend at the time. I right. was like very awkward looking and you know, like braces and like bushy oh, yeah. bangs. I had and- the whole perfect storm. Like if you were if you were designing a video game character <laughs> yeah. and you got like each category, you just maximized every category, <laughs> like <laughs> Like chubby, maximize it. Bushy eyebrows, braces, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. glasses, yeah. fucking stringy hair. Like I, I was the whole thing. Yeah, when when <laughs> twelve was a very tragic year for me, and somehow this guy Jeff agreed to to dating me, and um, and then when we broke up, I was so dramatic because we. We're like trained growing up that like a breakup is like the worst thing and the most tragic yeah. thing. So I was just listening to like No Doubts Don't Speak. <laughs> and it's like I, I really feel like that's I'm losing an, my best friend are, are oh, the lyrics, yeah, right? Yeah. In no way was this guy my best friend. Like yeah. he knew like probably two things about me and like Like I'm, imagine a time you're like when a twelve year old boy was like yeah. the the one person in your life that you didn't want to lose. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I remember we we literally had nothing in common. Like the school musical that year was uh, was Peter Pan, mm-hmm. and the lead was played by a woman. He's like, I don't know if I want to see it because they're having a girl play Peter Pan. And I'm like, that is like a cardinal sin because deal breaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. deal breaker. Right, right <laughs> yeah. there. I'm like, Mary Martin is Peter Pan. Like there, there is no other way to have Peter. You can't yeah. have a dude be Peter Pan, right? In that musical, it's written for a woman. Yeah, <laughs> it's written Duh. for. An androgynous woman. <laughs> uh, I also had a crush on the girl who played Peter Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this relationship seems seems uh, doomed from the start. It was doomed. It was very tragic. Tragic kingdom. Tra- it's a tragic Maybe that's where the album title came from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gwen read my diary. Yeah, yeah. Man, what an album for a time in my life on which I had no real life experience to draw angst from, mm-hmm. but I felt it so much through... No doubt's Tragic Kingdom. And Alanis Morissette, Jag Little Pill, obviously. Well, that's because Gwen Stefani and Alanis Morissette are fucking rock stars yeah. and can make you feel with... Both like, are still they, babes, they by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Gwen Stefani Gwen Stefani is aging feel, in reverse. Yes, that makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. She, she is the George Clooney yeah. of 90s pop stars. Yeah. I, I'm just like, how... She's getting better looking. But I wonder if a lot of the young people who who know her from The Voice, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't she yeah. a judge on The Voice? Yeah. yeah. Do they even know that, like, do the kids even know that she was a fucking rock star at some point? I wonder Probably. if they know that. Like, even before, like, her Harajuku girl phase. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do they even know, like, yeah. pre-Eve that she, like, yeah. 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 Also, that phase was a little... The hair is kind of problematic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think it, there like, been, it never really got talked thought, about. There have been some thought pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I there still think she sort of got away with that. Like, I think she's just yeah. like maybe she has a Google alert set up. Like, oh god, is anyone going to remember that part of my career and write <laughs> yeah. a new think piece about it? <laughs> uh, man, Gwen Stefani brought up like such like the um, like angry dyke in me that mm-hmm. wants to be like, what are you doing with it? Why are you letting this man destroy your life with Gavin yeah. Rossdale? Cause Gavin Rossdale was like such an asshole to her. And, um, it, I mean, if you listen to, to her songs about him, it's like obvious that she's getting treated like, like shit. Like it's an emotionally abusive relationship mm-hmm. and she's not on the abusing and she is the abusee yeah. of it. And then, he like hated no doubt and i heard him on a a talk show once um like maybe a, a 
couple of years before they they finally split, mm-hmm. and um, he was just like somebody. I forget what show, but they're like, "Oh, does Gwen ever give you feedback on your music?" And he's like, "Oh, no!" Like, like how dare like, you? How ask? Could anyone, and it's like, yeah. "Oh, sorry, Gavin Rossdale of oh, Bush, yeah, yeah of the that, band." How <laughs> only angry white boys in the '90s <laughs> listen to? Yeah, sorry, guy whose song "Glycerine" mm-hmm. is in like the climax of every bizarrely emo like <laughs> movie ever. Yeah, God, that's I, such a. I feel like his music. I. I I if, did like Bush a little bit. Though, I mean, a little. I, yeah. I mean, who didn't in the '90s? But like, if Bush and No Doubt were to each launch like a reunion tour, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure No Doubt would like sell out fucking auditoriums. I mean, they've done and they have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They both kind of had. I don't. I can't imagine. I would that. love to see a No Doubt, mm-hmm. re- like a genuine No Doubt reunion tour. Oh, I have. It's really? amazing. Oh my yeah. god, I wish it's they'd do it again. She's so good. She's yeah. so good. She's so talented. They're they're also talented, and it's. I've seen No Doubt live Whoa. one, two, three, really? four times. Wow. I'm a very big No Doubt fan. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I met Gwen Stefani once. I, I waited all day um, outside the venue. And then when the um, tour bus showed up, I got to meet them. And like I have a picture with her, but it's like there's a gate between us. <laughs> and it really looks like I just Photoshopped myself on top of Gwen Stefani. I mean, your hair is a nod to Gwen Stefani. Yeah. 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 Totally. Oh, a little bit. It was actually inspired by, yeah, getting on the topic of hair, finally. <laughs> Let's do this. So um, my hair is like residual breakup hair, mm. um, that, that I got after my divorce and, um, I was seeing garbage in concert and Shirley Manson mm. was actually rocking light pink hair. And this wasn't too long ago. I know it sounds like it was probably the nineties if we no, saw no, garbage no. in concert, but they were in central park. Um, a, a couple months after my, like, I think I bought the tickets actually when my ex-wife and I were still together, but I kind of knew she wouldn't go with me cause mm-hmm. she didn't like doing things with me. <laughs> so in I, hindsight, that was a problem. I hate yeah. it for you already. Yeah. I hate her already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I kind of saw the writing on the wall and I was like, I'm going to buy two tickets anyway. And yeah. like some, even if I just have to treat a friend to going to see garbage with me, uh, I will. But I, I did find a friend who, was a, a genuine fan. Great. So we went and yeah, Shirley Manson was rocking this like light pink hair and I loved it. And then, um, cause my hair was like strawberry blonde, not as like red as hers, mm-hmm. but like, I never thought that that was something I would or could do. I never dyed my hair before. I never like, Oh really? It. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So then because I was like very impulsive, I just went and like double bleached my hair and had it dyed hot pink and, um, which the hot pink felt like very Gwen Stefani Return of Saturn. And <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I can be Gwen Stefani for Halloween. Very excited. Yeah. Um, though I'd have to get like bangs and braces. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and um, this whole thing of breakup hair, I never thought I'd be kind of like this basic bitch that yeah. like, you know, <laughs> freaks out after a breakup and does something to her hair. But like, I've read that uh, a lot of women do that as, um, because you feel like your life is out of control Mm -hmm. and your hair is something that you can control. Much like my eating disorder growing up. (laughs) Much like what? Much like my eating disorder growing up. Right. Well, it is. It's something that you can, you can control. That's right. Yeah. And you can just, 
it's very you can do it very quickly too. Mm-hmm. It's a decision that you can yeah. literally make on the fly that mm-hmm. day if you want. If you walk into a salon, you tell mm-hmm. someone what to do. A prof- you sit down and a professional will do it. And it works. And they won't ask questions. <laughs> they just do it. It works. Yeah. I felt amazing. I felt yeah. amazing after I, I got it done. Um, it like I just needed needed that change. Yeah. And I thought it would be like a one time thing. And this is just me. Well, now it's your brand. Now we have it, to change all of our artwork. We would have to change all my artwork. I know. I'm just gonna have to keep writing this and hope yeah. like when I do change my mind that it grows back out the color it used to be because I really liked it. That's why I never yeah. dyed my hair. I always had what what I thought was a, it was nice a great color. natural color and. Um, but the pink has like really grown on me and I've had it for, I can't imagine you without it at this two years now. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I remember what it looked like before you did that. And I knew you for like a year before you did it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. One of my coworkers, uh, showed some people, she's like, Oh, you guys want to see Carolyn, uh, before she had pink hair. And they're all like, what? And I'm like, Oh, that is weird. There's like a lot of people who don't know me without it. Um, most people in my social circle don't know me with long hair mm. that I that I used to have. All my 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 high school and college friends remember, but when I so my hair now is uh, like buzzed on the sides and like somewhat long at the top. It's just kind of like wild. But anyway, it used to be like long, pretty much like past my boobs until one Whoa. day in I remember this. It was in May of 2012. I went to a salon in Kansas City and I was like just cut it off Whoa. like and I and what, what I had at that time my hair has evolved big time what yeah. I had at that time was can only be described as like a 2005 Justin Bieber swoop like mm-hmm. a like down almost over the eyes pretty still pretty long on the sides kind of deal but it slowly over the years got shorter and mm-hmm. shorter and now I'm happy with where it is so when I first cut my hair very, very short, um, like in that queer girl short mm-hmm. haircut, yeah, um, I was very thick. I have very thick hair. It's yeah, a lot of hair. Very dark. Now it's bleached, also, but yeah, um, it looks great for being rad. Yeah, your hair is awesome. Um, this was like this is the stage of growing out a pixie. So okay. now this oh, has been yeah. this is the stage that I can. But I don't think I'll ever get longer than this. But when I first cut it, I didn't know how to use product. And yeah, so that's a big thing yeah. with short hair. I was like a big poof of hair. I look like Julia Roberts and like fried green tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone who has diabetes, yeah, that one. <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah. Steel Magnolia. Steel Magnolia. Yeah. So she has really oh, short, right. like yeah, 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 when yeah, she yeah. first gets her hair yeah. cut, and it's just this poof, like a matchstick. Yeah. It's that's so what it was. When you said fried green tomatoes, immediately. <laughs> also I, kind of a gay movie. I started, oh, yeah. yeah, but I started picturing like steel magnolias right away. Like I don't, for right. some reason. I collapsed them. Yeah. So I mean, obviously. But just that really terrible, big poofy hair. I didn't know what to do with it at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a struggle too of like the the short hair evolution is mm-hmm. figuring out how to use pro- I'm st- I, I still like daily struggle with it mm-hmm. cuz I can't find the thing I don't know how to articulate the thing I'm looking for to like a stylist so I just keep trying new things and yeah. someday it'll stick but Yeah. It's it's I feel like the cutting the cutting of the hair at some point is probably one of our biggest like rites of passage I mm-hmm. think as queer women who who choose to have like that more androgynous cut or I feel like we all have the urge yeah, yeah. I mean it was it felt it, it was me cut, cutting my hair in 2012 which doesn't sound like that long ago but it feels like a lifetime mm-hmm. ago was probably the biggest catalyst of like me finally becoming comfortable with myself mm-hmm. in like every way in yeah. coming out and in in my just in my general appearance and my aesthetic, like it's taken a while to get mm-hmm. to the point that I'm like confident 
but that was like the mm. big, absolute biggest step. There's right. no way I would have progressed without that. Yeah. It's harder to hide behind. Like I know I used hair as a, I know as a thing that still kept one foot into like beauty standards mm-hmm. or a particular beauty standard that would potentially still be safe. Yeah. When I started mm-hmm. cutting my hair short, and that was 2007, I know that a part of it was because I think I did want, I mean, I was out for a very long time but prior, but I kind of wanted this like queer girl, like, I was like, do I have to cut my hair short because mm-hmm. I want to be seen this way? Yeah. And I still am like very feminine. Kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. But I still look very feminine. I look more like a mom when I have short hair than not. So I'm like, <laughs> I blew this. Um, but my dad ended up saying something like, I hate to say it, but you look like one of them. And he meant a lesbian because I'd oh. cut my hair short because mm. I was rejecting all these beauty norms. Yeah. But then I remember getting super, super like short haircuts. Like I tried to do, mimic Robin from yes. 2009. 10. Yes. Yep. So super short and some, um, and I, That's I a good look to mimic. I remember trying, and I walked out and I was like, fuck, I look ugly. Like I was so, like I thought I looked so ugly. And I, this was like a moment of trying to get comfortable with myself. I was like, doesn't matter if you look ugly. Like, you know, like who are you trying to impress that this mm-hmm. like self-talk moment of yeah. doesn't matter. Like long hair doesn't make you look pretty if you don't feel pretty on the inside. Some, I know, self-helpy conversation yeah. I was having, but yeah. um, it was a moment to be really more comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. 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 yeah, I feel like it takes a certain amount of confidence to to cut your hair, even though it's like, I don't know, it, it does feel like this weird safety thing, mm-hmm. even though like so many people um, look better and feel better once they cut their hair short. And um, I don't know, I imagine there's something like that feels a little bit freeing about it. Absolutely. Um, like like when when Britney Spears shaved mm-hmm. her head, I was yeah. like, I get it, girl. I get it. Yeah. I, I get everything. I think about we've all had those days. Yeah. Right. I get it now, man. Oh, but when it happened, I was like, I don't know why anyone's given her a hard time. Yeah. Like, like it, that doesn't even seem that crazy to me. Like with all <laughs> no. the shit that she has to deal mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Like I'm surprised she didn't do it sooner. Yeah. Like, to go in and just be like, just shave it all. Off. Yeah, yeah. Like well, imagine needing to take control that badly over <laughs> that. That's probably what that was. I well, would she imagine. was saying like her because she had like extensions and stuff in her her hair, and mm-hmm. that it was like all uncomfortable. And I could see that kind of being like the straw that breaks the the camel's back. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish she would have like embraced it more and like you know, yeah. instead yeah. of treating it like a mistake, just mm-hmm. like really really own it and be like, no, like don't mm-hmm. fucking tell me that I have to have like hair extensions mm-hmm. and. Uh, live up to these yeah. ideals of like who you, who you think I am and who you think I should be as as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the other thing about hair too is like it's so it's such a symbol. Like it's 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 one of those things. It's one of those like vehicles of femininity that we're taught from a very early age. Like the longer the mm-hmm. better kind of thing. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. long beautiful hair, like a princess. Or like every Disney mm-hmm. princess has this like long lush beautiful hair. You know, a very mostly usually blonde, but like. Well, and you see that because like everyone that I know who gets married, they all grow their mm-hmm. hair out for the wedding. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like it's, very much a thing. Like I work with a woman with short hair, and she said, "Oh, my hair was always short, but then when I was getting married, I grew it out long, and then cut it short again after the wedding." I'm like, "What? Why'd you grow it out?" Right. If that's not you, right, you know. If that's not you, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah and and. I kind of, I feel like you know when you're a kid like your mom brushes your hair and like it's it's always about like having long pretty hair with yeah. a lot of girls I think and so to make that making that move of removing that mm-hmm. was yeah. like kind of a I I felt like it was almost like an act of defiance a, a little bit because I I 
I had always felt that this like performative femininity that I was trying to do mm-hmm. was not working. It yeah. didn't feel like it was working. I felt like everyone could tell it wasn't working. I wasn't comfortable. And that was like the first step in kind of rejecting that mm-hmm. and decide, like making the conscious decision to challenge what what my own idea of like womanhood was mm-hmm. and my own sort of reflection of it. And that's and I'm so much happier now. I obviously do like I identify as a woman, but I'm I've tried as much as I can to craft this sort of like you have to like create your own brand of what is sexy to mm-hmm. you and yeah. like what feels good. And that was a big part of it for me that I don't I don't foresee myself ever. I I will never grow my hair back out. That's the yeah. thing. Like mm-hmm. it's never going to be long again because it because for me that just feels like directly sort of antithetical to my aesthetic and what I feel mm-hmm. is like who I feel like yeah. I am, you know. Yeah. So it's a big part of that. So talking about standards of beauty, can we talk about body hair yeah. for women? Because I think uh, lesbians and queer women more so than straight women tend to be more okay with, mm-hmm. uh, with you know, like not shaving under their arms, not shaving their legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, it, it's you get confronted with it at such a long age. Like, I just remember that there was a, a time in gym class where, um, you know, there were some girls that were hairier than mm-hmm. others. And um, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we would, uh, like, you know, some would start shaving their legs. And there was, like, a lot of pressure to shave their legs. And all this talk about, like, oh, how do you shave your legs? And, like, um, and then, like, you know, these just little girls who, mm-hmm. whose parents or moms wouldn't let them shave it yet. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden they were like these hairy freaks. <laughs> yeah. And, but that like sucks. Cause you're just like yeah. a kid and like, you only look like a hairy freak. Cause everyone else is like stripping away their right. hair <laughs> skin, you yeah. know, when they're like, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a, yeah, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing to think about because I don't really remember the age that I was when I started shaving my legs. I think I was probably about 12 or 13. 13, 12, sixth yeah. grade, maybe. Um, but yeah, it is. If you think about it, it's kind of like a, it's a move that like, it's such an, it's such a symbol of like adult femininity. Like mm. it's a woman thing to do. And yeah. it feels like, you know, the younger you, we pressure kids into presenting this way. Yeah. You're sort of, you're almost sexualizing kids, I think, to, yeah. like it, it's, it's yeah. part of that, you know, maybe not consciously that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's not why we're doing it, but it's like, what are you telling a, an 11 year old girl that she needs to yeah. cha- like change this part of her body, this mm-hmm. natural thing so and, young. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here to talk about our sponsor for the episode studio. Our listeners know that we've talked about them before and uh, we've been wearing our studio headphones for weeks now and still love them. Sarah? Yeah. Um, I much like all good things in my life, like actual material things, um, I use it first and then my girlfriend takes it forever <laughs> and she took my studio headphones and she loves them. <laughs> so go to studio.com and use the promo code Dyke, D-Y-K-E, to get 15% off of your purchase. And now back to the podcast. The pressure comes from somebody profiteering off of the discomfort, self the low self-confidence, low mm-hmm. self-esteem. Yeah. Um, but as somebody who grew up super, super hairy and still really hairy, as I point, nobody can <laughs> see it on in a recording, but it's still very hairy. But I, I begged and pleaded to be able to wear um, sweatpants in 
high school during gym for my parents, I was like, we're Muslim. Like, just give me the Muslim mm-hmm. card yeah. that says I cannot do this in gym. And my dad's like, no, you can wear shorts. Whereas my mother, <laughs> on the like, other oh, that's hand. That's when you want to be progressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then my mom, on the other hand, was the one who wouldn't let me shave, though, because she, she equated shaving with sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and I was like, no, I just am just so hairy. And I, and so it wasn't just on my legs, it was on my face, my arms. And I undertook this ritual of removing my own facial hair. Um, so my mom, would, my, and so in life growing up, my mom would go to work when I came home from school and work until late night. And my dad would, would be home, you know, at six, mm-hmm. seven o'clock at night. So I basically was by myself on these little like lady hair things where like generally a mom would guide you through this. But my mom was like not on my side mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. I would send my brother to the store to buy me a bleach kit, like a Jolene bleach kit and a Sally Henson waxing kit mm-hmm. yeah and i would sit in my bedroom by myself and from like my nose down the second like the southern hemisphere of my face i would wax mm-hmm. in my bedroom and then within moments later bleach any hair that i missed and i would walk out acting like nobody saw the chemical burn on my <laughs> face <laughs> right it was i yeah. was like wow Dev, i was like i did this for years and years and how years how old were you when you started doing that? Mm, probably like 14, 15-ish. Yeah. Probably 15, I think. Um, and then I didn't get into like the tweezing sort of thing until, oh, and then threading. Because for South Asians doing, you know, even eyebrows. My mom wouldn't let me do my eyebrows. Yeah. She was like, yeah. that's reserved for your engagement night. I'm like, great, that's never going to happen. <laughs> um, so, you know, tweezing eyebrows, all of it. Um, You're engaged. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first time I got my, my eyebrows waxed, my, you know, like the skin gets like inflamed yeah. and red. And imagine if you did that, like your wedding day. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like would be the worst, I know. Um, and so... It's the this this year actually I was gifted for my birthday um, a laser hair removal package mm-hmm. <laughs> um, from somebody who intimately knows what it's like to be a brown South Asian girl struggling with being hairy. It's a, it was it's a gift of love, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and so I've opted to use it for my face. Yeah, and it's but it hurts so much. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and it's in painful. Be- it's in between, and in between, you have to shave your hair. Like I've mastered tweezing in sunlight on a day like this. You know, there's like you find that sunbeam, mm-hmm. you yeah. tweeze really fast. All those like grandma stiff hairs. Yeah. Um, but now it was this. Also, I wrote a piece actually and performed it about just my relationship to my body hair, but the fact that I had to like shave my face that yeah. first time in December. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like. Because you can't, you just can't tweeze it. You have to leave the hair follicles oh, intact right. yeah. because the laser has to do something it's like, to is it. Is it multiple phases? That yeah, it has to go I've through. had like four or five sessions. Does it burn? It is feels that the like. Do you all have fillings like metal fillings, yeah. like old school ones? So if you ever, um, you don't have cavities, I think do you? I, I don't know if I have any metal ones. I have. I drink I have a lot the, of tap water with fluoride. <laughs> yeah. I have the other ones though, but I've had multiple. If, if you ever had a filling and you bit on aluminum foil or something, it shoots this pain through your nerves. Oh, okay. It's that sensation, but a hot one Whoa. all across uh. your face, um, especially as it gets close to your teeth. It hurts. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. My mom, <laughs> my mom did uh, electrolysis mm-hmm. when I was growing up, and is that the same thing? Sort, I think that laser hair or electro- electrolysis. It, it, it's is... like they grab the hair and they like send electric yeah. vibes oh, to like okay. kill the root of it, uh-huh. and that's so more permanent than laser. I think electrolysis so. is more intense. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and my mom got that done like on her on her upper lip. Now, my mom. Um, like not a hairy woman, mm-hmm. you know, and she still felt even though she she was she was doing this when she was like married and had kids, but she just felt like she had to conform, I guess, to these standards. And it's weird because it's not like I don't know. I mean, maybe it, at some point it's it's men, but I feel like a lot of this is like women pressuring other women. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like when I first tweezed my eyebrows, like my mom never said anything about like me tweezing my eyebrows or like no guy ever said anything. It was my best friend who was a girl Mm. and her and her sisters were like very much into their eyebrows. And one day she's like, Carolyn, you just need to clean them up. What? Go, go get your eyebrows. Yeah. I had a similar experience. Yeah. And I, and I did it. I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cause I I was always afraid of like tweezing. Cause my mom, went to Paris in uh, the the late sixties and was studying there. And um, it was very on trend to basically tweeze out all of your eyebrows. So she had that like thin like pencil line. That's just like one. I had that in high school because my best friend insisted that she do my eyebrows. So she did mine just like hers. Whoa. Which were that super pencil thin. Yeah. 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 Like, like late 90s, early two (laughs) thousands, like, Oh, I can't even describe. I'm, I'll have to find some photos and share yeah. them with you guys. But it's like my mom. It was I bad. would love to see those photos. Yes, uh, we'll post them on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my mom was traumatized by that because hers never really oh. grew back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, until she got like really older, like she is now, and then hair just comes mm-hmm. back out of yeah. everywhere. Once yeah. you, once you're one old. of the joys of getting older. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, she she was always. But I. Uh, yeah. Um, it was my best friend who. Yeah. It's a, it's, really a, it's usually other and, women and girls that, yeah, that she, and she, notice she things about each other. Her, she bleached her lip. I thought that was like insane that she was bleaching her, her lip. But like, you know, she had fair skin and she was Italian. So she had mm-hmm. like darker hair, um, but she didn't, but it, it's not like thick hair. No, or, it's I like don't very know. fine. Yeah. Uh, and then and I, I worked with this one woman who uh, just had a lot of, facial hair and mm-hmm. she didn't do anything about it and um I was always so in awe of her mm-hmm. because I was like wow that's so cool I I kind of assumed that it was a choice though like mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't a choice but I was like mm-hmm. that's so cool that she's just like fuck it this hair is yeah. my face yeah. and it's staying there like you just find that moment of like just make you make peace with it because otherwise it's like all consuming like yeah they, I mean it's that's just, a lot it's yeah. a lot of time money pain Ugh. yeah um, yeah to yeah. to do that and um mm-hmm. I don't know yeah the the shaving um 
I remember the like one one night stand I had uh, <laughs> with this um, like more and- androgynous woman and. Um, I could feel when we were kissing mm-hmm. that her top lip, mm-hmm. um, that she shaved it and that was like mm-hmm. growing back a little. It was just like very bristly. Like stubbly, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was like this weird, weird stubble. I'm like, oh, that's so weird. Mm-hmm. That yeah. This, yeah. yeah. Um, my, uh, so other parts, my underarms, I, so I go back and forth between, I let them, if I can, I, I let it go all the way. Yeah. But I also have now been getting them waxed by my significant other waxes them for me. Oh. It's like a bonding moment. Um, but I have a major wingspan. Like yeah. mine goes from the top of my tattoo, like basically on my bicep down to like my side boob. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, so I would either let it grow completely and I've had exes and other people I've dated be really comfortable with it and some people not so comfortable to the point that like I had an ex like be like in the shower. So, like if I was like, I'm not going to shave it unless you want to shave it. Just like, I'll shave it for you right now. I was like, okay. Wow. Right. Yeah. Um, and also an ex who like thoughtfully and very sweetly and kindly started not, sh- she was like, that's true. I don't want to like shave or wax. And she doesn't yeah. wax. She doesn't shave anything anymore now other oh, than okay. her junk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it still continues. And it's, but she also is, like super soft, like light hair. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. have <laughs> soft features. So I, I've, I've, Never, I've actually never really considered letting leg or underarm hair just grow out just because it's like I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. that way. So I've always just shaved constantly. Yeah. Both of the, well, I let my legs get a little then, until my girlfriend comments in the winter. on something. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah, come on. Winter's in New York. I feel like there's uh-huh. zero reason to shave yeah. your legs. Like, you need that extra layer. Oh my God. Um, but the summer, it's like, hair. all right. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's, it's like it's hot out and I'm like, my legs get itchy and I don't know. It's more of a physical. I'm just trying to to annoy myself, you know, at least the mm-hmm. least I can. So yeah, it it's interesting. I, I've always shaved under my arms, but then if I go like a week or something without shaving, I'm like fascinated by mm-hmm. it and like hard. I'm always tempted. I'm like, I just want to see how long it can get. Yeah. But then there's also something like so satisfying to me about shaving. Yeah. Under my arms mm-hmm. after it's like grown out a little bit. It's like kind of great thing that yeah. yeah I just like love the feeling. And then like how soft it is after yeah. that. So I've never been able to to let myself grow it out, but there's something about like, I mean, I've never, I never have uh, been with a, a woman who's grown it out, but like mm-hmm. it doesn't, I don't think it would bother me, but it's this weird thing. It's like all grown out, but if it's just like, oh, you haven't shaved in a, a couple of weeks, I'm like, it looks sloppy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's either all it's or nothing. Like yeah. Weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I need like all or yeah. nothing. I've like, never been with anyone to, who, who grew it out, but I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Whatever. It's like yeah. whatever you're happy with. You well, know? well, because my family, half my family is uh, French. So mm-hmm. going over to France too, when I was younger and my aunts wouldn't shave under their arms or my grandma wouldn't shave under her mm-hmm. arms. So to me, it was like a very is that Normal still a common thing. like cultural thing there, or was that more of a time like a you know, decade I'd, thing? I don't see it as much when mm-hmm. I go, um, mm. but in I mean, at least in the in the south of France, it was always pretty pretty prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I, I hope they they keep it yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah. at some point in history, it's like one woman shaved her legs, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Oh fuck!" Now we all have to. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's like who started that? It's I interesting. Don't know. I mean, back in like people Surely didn't they wear crabs back in like the 1700s. But like, when you had crabs, you did right. Then you like put oh, a merkin yeah, on, yeah. right? To like so, like if you had yeah. some sort of STI, 
shaving was a thing to do, and then you put yeah. hair on top of like a fake, yeah, a yeah. wig, like yeah, a merkin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, like I wonder. I mean, because they would have had to have like the razor technology for women to use. Like I know men shaved, like they would go to bar- barbers to get razor. their faces shaved. Yeah. By a straight razor, but I wonder if anyone at some point. I would love to read like a deep dive history into like the actual history book, right? of shaving yeah. our yeah. legs, um, just and, the legs. And the Atlantic actually has a really good history of like hair removal situation because oh, okay. um, oh. Alyssa and I actually had a podcast which we don't really do. We have done like in about a year. It's called Follow That Flannel, but we did a whole hair episode. Oh, I mean, yeah, and so um, an episode on hair. But then Gillette, like after World War II, that's when like the that industry popped up super okay. intensely. Um, was because interesting the Gillette razor. Oh, because women used and to nylons wear were, nylons, and we ran yeah. out of nylons because yeah. because of the war. Oh, oh wow! Okay, so that makes sense. <laughs> Fascinating. This is what happens when we have teachers on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We learn a thing or two. That's cool. I only uh, know things because of Twitter. Some people are educated. <laughs> That's too fast for me. Twitter is too fast of a platform to keep up with. But the one thing I will say is that. Um, about underarm hair for so I went like I grew up in New York City and so I was like part of this like right girl scene where yeah. you know like just feministy and you don't have to, you don't have to be part of the right girl scene to be a feminist but mm-hmm. um, it was a big part of my identity as growing up as a teenager was I was a feminist and um, I remember like being with my brother and my dad and my brother was like ew like you have to shave your armpits I was like I'll shave my armpits when you shave your armpits. And my dad's like, I shave my armpits, and my dad does shave his armpits oh, okay. because it's a, um, it's as for Muslims, it's not a mandatory um, action, um, so it's not fat as it means a mandatory, but sunnat is a thing that the prophet did. Like these are you know, through tales and stories, okay. we know the prophet would, um, for cleanliness purposes, would do that. So my dad's like, I shave my armpits for to stay clean when I'm praying. I was like, oh, so I was like, yeah. Adam, you can. You should do the same thing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that. so That's some cool. Muslim men will do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure yeah. maybe other cultural practices happen for other men in other countries or in other yeah. ethnicities. But um, yeah, this was like a moment I was like, oh, my dad does shave his armpits. Yeah. yeah. Is, he does it regularly? I think he does it. Oh, cool. Um, I would say maybe, I don't know how often. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know like what, yeah, hair growth patterns also change. So I don't know how often he does yeah. it, but I'm pretty sure right now during the month of uh, Ramadan or Ramadan, uh, he probably is like doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I used to think uh, Iman Al Husseini, she has a, a joke about um, like, even though she doesn't um, like cover herself or veil herself, she's like, but I get it because the body hair. <laughs> 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 Like the, yeah. the effort to conceal <laughs> removal yeah. is so painful and right. so long. That, it is. It's a painful know. process, and it's one that's like so. It take like like think of all the time we spend just doing these things. Like yeah. if you added up all the time you've ever spent just shaving mm-hmm. your legs, yeah, that's like men haven't had to do that for anything. Yeah. <laughs> like and they money, right? And, and the money, money too. Like, Those yeah. razors are fucking expensive. There's- I stopped using women's razors years ago mm-hmm. because they are simply not as good as men's razors. Yeah. Men's ra- like there mm-hmm. even needs to be a set like the blue ones versus yeah. the pink ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I found that like those products the are mock so versus yeah. Venus. I have like the mock. <laughs> I have like a Gillette mock something in my the shower vibrates. because they're so much better. <laughs> it works better. Oh yeah, they did have and those vibrating yeah, razors. Oh, I was yeah. like, this is just grounds for masturbating. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's probably I've never it. Tried it's one probably like yeah. a wink to yeah, like, yeah. Well, like listen, need... ladies, we know what's going on. What you in do there. in the shower? Why would you need like, your wow, razor? This is a very to... phallic shaped razor. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they used to have those. Um, they had like pens that kind of vibrated, and it was like, oh, yeah. oh you can make like squiggly writing as like or I'm masturbate. just going to lay on this <laughs> or an intro to masturbating when you're a totally. kid and you have a squiggly pen. Yeah, um, yeah it's like it's a it's an industry that makes. I would be interested to know if like companies like Gillette are perfectly aware that women are using the men's products and are pricing them just a little higher for that reason. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like the razor itself Probably. is like, I think like 16 bucks or something, but you, that, I mean, I've had the same razor forever yeah. because yeah. you just change out the, the cartridges, but those fuckers, they're in the locked part of mm-hmm. CVS because they're so expensive. They're like, yeah, to get like a four pack of them, it's like almost like thirty. It's like thirty five dollars or something mm-hmm. crazy. And if you want like an eight pack of them, if you want to last for it, it's like a sixty dollar yeah. investment. And yeah. they, they don't last that long. They last maybe a week. Yeah. And it's just, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like this whole fucking routine. Even yeah. though I, I like it just because I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. something that you're sort of locked into spending money on forever. Yeah. yeah. That's a so something like. Laser hair removal actually sounds like yeah. kind of an attractive concept to me. If because it would just it's it's a way to just take it all off. Yeah. I just don't want to deal with it. And you still get it grows back, but it grows back less and lighter. Mm-hmm. And you know you can choose. And I think on my body it probably grows back faster. And hormonally, for me, I grow hair faster. Yeah. Than I think other people. Um, but for other people, it might just be like a really like long term, super super long term method. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the such. I mean, I just get so frustrated by the racket of like rack from razors to like pads, liners, tampons, that whole situation. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like nonstop wasteful spending for me. Right. Well, uh, also waxing. And one thing that we haven't talked about yet is, um, pubic hair. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We mentioned Merkins, but I think that that, um, is such a crazy thing. So I, I've never had, um, a bikini wax or, or anything like that before, but I know people who get it done regularly mm-hmm. and not because they're going to be in a bathing suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was something, um, I hope my mom appreciates that I'm talking about her <laughs> hair habits on this podcast, <laughs> but my mom, I remember every time we went on vacation, she would go and get a bikini yeah. wax. I've never and, had one in my life. The concept is terrifying to me. It's one time. Really? Was it, yeah. Is it as painful as I think it is? And I got a Brazilian. Yeah. And it was like, so yeah. it was the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I also did it because my ex girlfriend was coming back from a long trip and she didn't care about having sex with me anyway. I mean, <laughs> now that I think back on it, um, there was nothing about it that was, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. I got a group on for it. Something stupid. Yeah. And I usually don't think my junk or like my vulva is mm-hmm. like weird looking. I thankfully have like moved through some stuff. Um, but then when it was entirely hairless, I was like, I think one of my labia, like it's like she's uneven. Um, yeah, I just yeah. like <laughs> brought up all these other things, but it was very painful. Yeah. Um, I did not let her do my anus because I was like, mm, like, because that's like a part of the deal usually, yeah, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Brazilian does everything. It goes all the way. Yeah. yeah they and they pull everything apart yeah. and get the hot yeah. wax. I know someone there. who does, who performs them for a living. Like she's, does she does them all day yeah. long to people. Um, yeah. And I remember being like, I told a woman, I was like, I think you're inside of me right now. Like she was just like <laughs> going yeah, internally to like get things out. I was like, Ooh, no. Yeah. But the yeah. anus I left, I was like, if anybody's going to go into my anus, they know what they're getting into. I'm okay with what they're getting mm-hmm. into. Like you yeah. don't need to remove any hair from that. Yeah. Hole. And again, wasn't having that much sex. So it wasn't right. going to happen. 
Yeah. It seems like something that might be a good time saving. I mean, I know women who, mm-hmm. who get it done simply because it just, it's, it's a one stop, you know, mm-hmm. it's something they only have to do maybe once a month and then it's fine as opposed to shaving every day or whatever, mm-hmm. or every few days. I mean, I don't know. I get it. Uh, like my friends who are burlesque dancers, um, mm-hmm. like, and they have to do a, mm-hmm. a lot of waxing or, or if you're uh, a stripper, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all absolutely. a, a write off and, yeah. um, and that I get, but I, I still, I think that, um, the idea of removing everything, it's this very weird mm-hmm. making you look prepubescent yeah. and I have a big issue with that. Yeah. Um, and the the fact that that like mm-hmm. I know in porn like and they think that that's like what influenced a lot of that culture is like men get accustomed to looking at that in porn and in porn it was more so you can like see what's mm-hmm. going on and have yeah. it, you know except and, like in like the seventies that's not what it was like you mm-hmm. know like if you look at like image imagery like that from like the se- you know basically up until yeah. the nineties. I feel like the '90s is really when it became super hairless. the waxing thing was a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and I remember um, I, again, like female friends starting to talk about it mm-hmm. about like shaving down there and feeling like, oh, like mm-hmm. how how much do I need to be shaving mm-hmm. and like, and I I don't even know if I've ever shaved at all. Off. Oh yeah, I have. I have for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, uh, I maybe I did once and freaked me. I remember I had a girlfriend who shaved everything off once, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Please never do that mm-hmm. again." Oh really? And not to like body shame someone, but but it it's this weird thing. It's like it's supposed to it's supposed to be there, and what was, I don't know. I mean, I think I don't think there's a. I mean, I guess that that that's a way of looking at it, but I think it's I think it's probably a comfort thing for some people. You know, like. It feels nice to not have any hair down there. Oh, I don't think so. You don't that, think so? Because then when it's growing back, it's a whole, it's a whole. Oh, thing, it sucks. So. When, that's the thing. But that's you get yourself into like a cycle. Where you're like, fuck. Now I have to keep doing mm-hmm. this because yeah. it's the same thing with your legs and your underarms. It's like, well, I've, I've I did it, so now it's uncomfortable if it grows back. I actually shaved my arms because of that reason. Because when I was in college, I had well, when I was my entire life, I had like really dark hair, and I, some someone in college, some fucking girl made me feel really self-conscious about it. Mm. So I shaved my arms and I liked the smooth feeling. And now I'm like locked into doing it forever Mm. because now if, when it grows out, it grows straight and like really dark, but yours looks nice. But then it'll come back down to the soft little thing here. But I, but I'm like, it's going to take too long. I don't know. It's just like a weird routine thing I do now. And it's your, it is for your comfort now. I mean, yeah, now it's like, I'm so used to it that it's like, well, I guess I'm doing this forever. But but pubic hair, I mean, like, for I mean, I also hear this a lot on the end of as a teacher. So, mm-hmm. and I teach all young women oh, okay. um, as a sex ed person. And there's just a lot of stuff that I, I feel like I have to interrupt around. Like, it's not going to be clean if I don't shave. I'm like, no, your vagina is self-cleaning all the time. Yeah. So the hair isn't about necessarily about, you're not going to be unclean if you have it. Yeah. But in general, after you menstruate, if you menstruate, remove some, you know, like mm-hmm. I also teach like how to like, you know, like the reminder of. You should definitely use a little bit of like indirect soap and water on your the pubic yeah. hair to remove yeah. that sort of thing. But I just but but other than that, like hair does serve a major purpose as protection. Yeah, I think it looks like decoration sometimes. Um, but if it becomes a chore, then I think that's the yeah. line that like never that that's like mm, then you should perhaps reconsider. 
um, shaving or trimming. Yeah, uh, everything's just a chore. Janine Garofalo had a <laughs> had a piece on stage about it about how like your pubic hair it's like your eyebrows for your vagina. <laughs> and that's like the purpose is like to keep stuff out of there. Right, right. <laughs> it's like a oh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> I remember, and I I pulled this up um, a bunch of years ago after Ellen did a survey, and it's not a statistically. Uh, good survey because mm-hmm. I think there were only like 41 uh, queer women that they talked to, but I, I would think that they could have got a much bigger right. <laughs> poll going, but it was about um, pubic hair. And um, for straight women, only 3% said that they go all natural. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Which I thought was really small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then 20% of lesbians say that they're natural, which I actually thought that that felt very small for lesbians. Yeah. I thought it was going to be uh, higher. And then, let me see, um, 24% say they trim. Mm-hmm. And then um, 12% do the landing strip. <laughs> And then I guess like 44% go bare, which I was surprised about hmm. because yeah. well, I think that hasn't been, I guess, my experience in having sex with, with women that I've had more women who mm-hmm. go natural. And, and I, I like it. I mean, I, yeah. I, think, I think there's something just like very feminine and visually pleasing about pubic hair and like okay. if you want to trim it and stuff. But like as soon as you get to like runway or like overly manicured mm-hmm. and like like a lightning know, bolt <laughs> yeah yeah and just like yeah I don't know it, it feels I think it's like kind of it's one of those like to each their own things that I just sure I could totally see I could see I could absolutely see everything along the spectrum as being like yeah no I get it yeah I don't know I think it's just a matter of like I, I actually could totally see that statistic being fairly representative yeah um I mean if they only got 40 people responding to it, I guess it's not really, but I don't know. Maybe it's because we, I could see a lot of straight women doing it simply because men are freaked out by, mm-hmm. by pubic hair, Yeah, you know, and maybe that's the only way they'll get their boyfriends to go down on them is if they don't have any or that, you know, like if that's, if that's mm-hmm. the barrier that men, cause I've, I have heard men say that, mm-hmm. that it's like less pleasing for them. See, which is a weird, which is like kind of an immature thing for a guy to do, to say or do, but. So here's the I thing. If, what it if is. you're going down on a woman, though, like in my experience, and um, she like shaves a lot or something mm-hmm. like that, and then the hair growing back, it's like very, it's like Thank kissing you. a guy with a with a beard or something. Right, where but, but it, if like, it's smooth, then it's not like Where that. it irritates my skin. Well, yeah. yeah, but then that's assuming that somebody has to like be keeping that up yeah, yeah. constantly every time you do it. Whereas if someone just has their, their pubic hair, mm-hmm. it's like, it's definitely, it's not as... Like abrasive, right? And I've experienced all all like phases of that, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's. I feel like it's not because if you, you can kind of like move things too, like you can kind <laughs> of like spread. I mean, yeah, we're all lesbians here, but like you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. It just depends on how you. It's not like you have a mouthful of hair. Like no, that's not you don't the really part at all. Where your mouth is, right? So, right. That's usually you if you're doing it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to put your mouth there, go for it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just think that there there's something, uh, or I I 
think that the pressure for that comes from mostly like men mm-hmm. and and porn and that aesthetic, mm-hmm. and that's why I was surprised the, to find yeah. that a lot of lesbians go bare mm-hmm. because once I was with somebody who was natural who only trimmed, mm-hmm. um, and then I was like, oh, I can stop shaving, and I, yeah, I was like, this is great. This is so much more comfortable like not dealing with razor burn like now the only time that that i do shave if i'm gonna like be in a bathing suit Mm -hmm. speaking of bathing Mm -hmm. suits i need to get one and i haven't i haven't been this is so this is bizarre but i've lived in new york for five years have not once been to the beach (gasps) i know i want to everyone's like you got to go to the rockaways i've never been to the beach either same here what yeah i'm brighton beach like i try to go like i'm not interested in new york beaches (laughs) Well, I'm you from Nebraska, so any yeah. beach is like, whoa, the beach. Like, oh, I no. don't. I just want to be in the sun all the time. We have, so we have some plans about going sun. to Rivers out the, at the Rockaways uh-huh. this summer that I can't wait for. But yeah, because I like the ocean. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And I have if, very if limited a, experience with that. If I'm on a beach and I can't go into the water, I'm like, well, why are we here? Oh, is that what it's like at the Rockaways? No, no, the Rockaways you, people definitely do the okay. water. I what mean, about like Coney it's I- cold though. I, I would do Coney Brighton Island. Beach. Brighton yeah. Beach is the same strip, but the um, it's about a mile away from Coney Island, and it's yeah. just a little bit less busy. The sand is cleaner, that sort okay. of thing. The water doesn't feel as murky though. It doesn't the Coney Island water maybe? But it's cold, right? It's, it's always cold, cold until August. Yeah, yeah. until August. <laughs> but people really love it. Yeah, people no, always a, go in though. I'm a wuss. Like I, I love the ocean, but I the ocean terrifies I need, like, me as a concept. But mm-hmm. oh. I just think that there's, I assume there's just sharks lurking, waiting. Oh. I know that's ridiculous. Oh, sure. but oh like I, <laughs> I just it's as, gonna kill us all I grew all up in day. a landlocked state, and all my only exposure to the ocean was like shows about great whites mm-hmm. ripping people's legs off. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I don't know. Um, but we were talking about going to the beach and like. We're talking about going to uh, a trip over the holidays, and like I just, uh, it, I need, I need to get a freaking bathing suit, mm-hmm. and I yeah. haven't had one. I don't remember the last time I had a bathing. I have not been in a pool in like five or six years. What is your life, Sarah? I don't know. I just, I can't <laughs> explain it. I don't know why. I think it's because I, my first few years here, um, I was just working mm-hmm. so constantly. Yeah. I work in the restaurant business, yeah. so yeah. like weekends for me were at work. Well, now I have yeah. weekends off, and like. I want to go do these things now, but it's like, oh shit, I have to get a bathing suit. Mm -hmm. And I've not worn one in so long that I'm like really struggling to find one that reflects my aesthetic. Mm Because bathing suits are a very feminine by default thing, you know? And I'm not going to be, I'm not like a board short dyke. I can't do that. Yeah. But like Nike. Never go board short dyke. Nike actually has some really good, it doesn't look look exactly like a sports bra, but it's like, it's, Good for like a mix of gender expressions. It's like a, okay. a beach volleyball uniform. Yeah, that's going to say. That's kind of what, I mean, I'm thinking like like the sh- like Shorts. the boy short type of thing. I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. But then I have like size D boobs, so like I need. I don't know. I'm like I'm so they have out of like loss. sports bra like mm-hmm. tops. But I don't want to wear. I don't know. Like yeah. I don't want to wear a sports bra either. It's like I'm. I think the thing I'm looking for doesn't exist because I don't actually know what it is. I bought. I bought a one piece after having bikinis for years and I'm glad that one pieces are, are kind of coming back mm-hmm. for me. It's mostly like one less place for me to put sunblock because I'm <laughs> yeah. very white. That's the thing. Yes. I, I will fry instantly. Yeah, in I burn the sun. so bad. So having a one piece is, mm-hmm. is great, but I just like love, um, that level of 
coverage and like yeah. not having the the muffin top that bikinis give you. I also see a lot of women's bathing suits now that don't necessarily look like they even cover your whole vulva. No. And you have like weird vulva muffin Who's designing tops? these so, things? Yes. Because yeah. there's no amount of shaving that I can do that will ever do any of that. So I'd rather yeah. go naked. Like, and when I go to like a spa castle type thing, yeah. I love the naked place yeah. location because you're not faking that you have no pubic hair. You just... It's all right. out yeah. and it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the I wear the little shorts also because yeah, because otherwise right, they like go all the way up. Like, right. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very. Like who are these designed for? These are designed for like th- very very thin models. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you kind of feel like everything is at the end of the day, but like bathing suits in particular are such a bizarre thing for me to well, even now, consider buying. A lot of them to. now too. Like when I was in. Um, in Vegas, I saw like there were a bunch of women at the pool who had these bathing suits that were basically like thongs. So their mm-hmm. their asses are like completely out. So I'm like, okay, now now we don't cover our butts anymore. <laughs> right. Now we don't cover our <laughs> vulvas. Should we just be naked? Like, yeah, is that what we're... Like, <laughs> would it be easier that way? <laughs> Maybe. I did see um, a Lacroix swimsuit. Like yes, a, that's been I'm making the rounds. Kind of obsessed with the idea of doing that. I love Lacroix so much, and I'm uh, like, oh man, uh, that would really just complete my life. I already drink like six of them a day. What <laughs> better way to say I'm from Brooklyn yeah. than wearing a Lacroix? What better way to suit. say I read Buzzfeed? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! But they do have little shorts too that I kind of want. But that's just me being a sparkling <laughs> water nerd. I don't know. I'm kind of like I'm. I'm sort of struggling with it. I'm kind of le- letting my girlfriend like find mm-hmm. things on the internet and, sh- and just show me. I'm like, I'll I'll just buy it, but I yeah. am. Not, I'm not going to be happy with it. Whatever it is, I'm going to have to Mm-mm. compromise for yeah. sure. Because bathing suits are tough for women who dress and and present androgynously. Yeah. Because there is no real mm-hmm. aside from like an like a, the sports bra type, yeah. which I it doesn't Mm-mm. work for me. My, my boobs are too big. It looks yeah. weird. I don't a, know a halter. Yeah. I, I feel like mm. if you have big um, boobs, halter is usually like the most supportive They're a little better, but they're thing. also painful. painful. I used yeah. to have one of those, and yeah. it hurts like hell on the back yeah. of your neck because of the weight of your big yeah. tits. Yeah, <laughs> I know nothing so, of this. Yeah, no, me neither. I don't, I don't <laughs> wear them at all. Yeah, yeah this is, it's it's not fun. There's the I Wild would, Fang brand that has, you know, oh, like more yeah, androgynous, yeah, but it can be a little pricey that's for okay. their stuff, but I think they have a store that's opened up in Soho, really? Wild Fang, so okay. I wonder if yes. they have bathing suits. I think did, I did, it, look at did that. it open yet? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it like just opened, Ooh, which I was excited today. about because they usually have, but, they have like a stricter return policy or like a lot of their oh, yeah. sales stuff is final sale, which has stopped me from buying their yeah. stuff, but like I, I love a lot of things. What is Wild, Wild thing? Thing. Is it lingerie usually, or is it no? no. Just regular clothes. I'm, I'm, I just sent something to Alyssa about it. Oh, great! On the platforms well, yeah, the other day. Do that, it, I don't, it's it's basically like clothing for queer women. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, I think Tegan and Sarah have modeled for them. Oh. Speaking of uh, daikons and hair, can we talk about like who you think is like the best queer woman style icon? Oh man, for like the Ooh, best queer. Queer lady um, hair. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. As you can Ooh, see, I'm one. going for a Tilda Swinton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your hair color is like the best. And I by love the way. her cut and all of it. Yeah. And her style to me, it's like, uh, and she's, and you know, I think she's hetero, like a, a straight lady, but. Uh, I but think like, she identifies she, as queer. Yep. Yeah, because yeah. she's also like, her they're non monogamous also as, as yeah, partners. Yeah, yeah, I know that. yeah. She's like polyamorous yeah. and queer, I believe. She just seems yeah. so, like, the kind of person who's so cool that I would just have nothing. 
I would just, I wouldn't even say words. If I was yeah. in her presence, I would just make a noise and run away. <laughs> which is too fucking cool yeah. for me to even be in the same room with. Yeah. <laughs> she, she is one, though. Like, she, I love how she can do that, like, that 80s kind of, like, she can do, like, a 1980s, like, shoulder pad mm-hmm. jacket, but make it look so rad. Yeah, yeah she's and no awesome. eyebrows, and she can like. Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh my god, you have no. Uh, she was like just... built for like a yeah. cool style. Her yeah. hair is really dope too. And what I like about why I would pick her is because she's like does she's like not I say timeless, but she's been around for a long time. And so many of the queer or daikons and folks are seem to be just pop in and out, uh, mm-hmm. and bl- like they're blips on like the queer pop culture radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, yeah, so like uh, to me, she feels like an anchor. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that. What about I, you? Um, you know, lately I've kind of been digging Kristen Stewart and all the like. She's yeah. doing a lot of stuff with her hair, but um, I like I'm, where it's I'm where she's digging on it. Now. Yeah. yeah, I liked what her whole aesthetic can mm. <laughs> uh, the between like the suit and the way that she had her yeah. hair pulled back and like the big and wild and kind of loose on top, but then like pulled back tight on the sides. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think where Tegan and Sarah have landed is a good place. <laughs> I'm not but I'm familiar I've been, with their current aesthetic. Um, oh, I'd have to think because I I saw them in concert not too long ago, but they've had so many hairstyles. Mm-hmm. I can't keep track, and, and it's probably like the most like boring of their of their hairstyles. But it just like looks very flattering mm-hmm. for them right now. But I appreciate how much they rocked both asymmetrical hair and mullets like before Mm -hmm. they were cool. And I felt like, um, like lesbian hairstyles used to be something that people would shit on and was like, Oh my God, like look at that, like lesbian haircut. And that was a negative thing. And now like lesbian haircuts, that means like you have like hot hair. Like you have, (laughs) Like awesome, Jennifer cool Lawrence hair. tried it. Uh, mm-hmm. Scarlett yeah. Johansson kind of rocked it for a while, like yeah. a shorter, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who is not a queer lady, but I've always been obsessed with her hair evolution is Pink. Mm-hmm. I think she has mm-hmm. the oh, yeah, coolest yeah, yeah. hair. I've That's always true. been obsessed with her. When I first got my haircut hair. for the very first time, that was the picture you brought in. That well, I did. I did show her, but I. I mean, my hair looked fucking nothing like hers. <laughs> but it was like what really inspired it. I was like, you know what. That looks so, so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's like eventually, I've never really tried to like do, like really pull off her look because she's really, her style works so well with that like kind of super like big swoopy thing up top and then like almost razored down to skin on the side. Yeah. I just, it's a hard look to pull off and she, I think does it really well. Mm -hmm. I think she's always had cool hair. Yeah. That's always been the thing that I've been like fascinated about with her. Like when I, when we were young and she first, remember like her first single, I forgot Mm -hmm. what the song was, but anyway, she had that like bright pink neon pink thing. And like, I was always like, I always sort of had this like crush on her because I got like total yeah. andro queer vibes out of her. Yeah. Even though she's not, but. Um, she's not, but she's definitely like that athletic dyke aesthetic. Yes. <laughs> she's, her she's whole not, aesthetic points to her being being queer, but she's not, but you yeah. know, whatever. Um, she's on our side. But like, I just think that she, I think she's got the coolest hair situation all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love her. Also, as far as overall aesthetic, Janelle Monet is like. Mm. Oh, killing well, yes. everything she ever does. Yeah, but that's not something. I feel like um, it's it's this whole level. Like you couldn't go be like, oh, I'm gonna start dressing like Janelle Monae yeah, right no. now. Or I'm gonna like try to look more like Janelle Monae. Well, like 
Not she's me just like on another on a level that like yeah. isn't. Be, she's like yeah. inventing her own. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's um, awesome. Yeah, no, I I like her look. Tegan and Sarah with with the the mullets, um, making mullets cool again. I think they <laughs> definitely were behind that for better or for worse. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then the the asymmetrical hair. Um, <laughs> again, I think that they were yeah. big drivers. Um, behind that even though they're not like you know super popular or like weren't mm-hmm. super popular when it happened but i think they were like indie enough that it got into like the brooklyn and yeah. la scenes mm-hmm. and then people started wearing their hair all like european and yeah the euro mullet they were very bushwick Ew. before being yeah. bushwick was a thing i mean it's hard to be and i think at one point it, it did look more like hockey hair but to be like canadian <laughs> and have a mullet and have it not be hockey hair right is a <laughs> that's what they said to the hairstylist. Yeah, make it a mullet, but not hockey Just hair. Pulled please. up photos of like all star NHL teams from <laughs> 1992. Yeah, are they Canadian? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you. They're from um, Montreal, I believe. I don't know. I didn't know they were Canadian. Oh, I think oh. I did know that. I don't know if they're from Montreal, but I know. I think Sarah maybe lives in Montreal. At one point, one of them was in Montreal, and the other one was living in Vancouver. Mm. And I'm like, that must be tough. Like that they're making music together but living on opposite sides of Canada because that's <laughs> oh yeah that's a long flight yeah as we wrap up uh, we do like to end our shows with a random question and this week our question is going to come from a listener all right great uh, yeah. <laughs> Finally. No more of my bullshit questions. <laughs> no. I think about on the train before I come here. <laughs> so this email said, we recently moved to Cincinnati and in the most progressive pocket, a town, oh, well, okay, a town that's known for being gayish. I'm not going to shine mm-hmm. the light too much on where exactly they live. Um, our question for you is, once you're coupled, how do you meet other lesbians, coupled or otherwise? We went to a gay bar in our new neighborhood on a Wednesday night, and upon entering notice, we were surrounded by burly, hairy men. <laughs> Turned out we showed up on bear night. Oh, my God. That's we have funny. a few queer lady friends in our new town. Uh, or We have very few queer lady friends in our new town. How do we make this happen? Sincerely, Claire and Megan, in parentheses, lesbians with too many straight friends. Mm. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's hard. I, my girlfriend and I basically have, I would say we have two other couples that are, that are gay women and we know them because I work with one one of them is my coworker and her girlfriend. And then the other one is my friend from like high school and Mm. her fiance. So it's just, I don't know. We don't, we don't really consciously try to meet new people just because, um, we, I don't know. We just don't really, I don't, I don't, I think I'm, I'm sort of, I've hit my database, mm-hmm. like my, yeah. my bandwidth for new friends is, sure. this is very, very slim. But as far as like moving to a new place, aside from like the bar thing, if I were to move to a new city, I think what I would do as like, as gay as this sounds is like join like some sort of intramural sports kind of thing mm-hmm. or some sort of like mutual interest thing or find like a queer trivia night or something to go to. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard when you're, it's hard to think about life outside of New York city because in New York there's Mm -hmm. like something for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, so since we said like the bar thing, the trivia thing, if they have other like political interests, like Mm -hmm. other stuff, like social justice things that you'd be interested in, like, yeah, like going to, that's where when you, when you are with, if you're on a, 
yeah, if you're like doing something that addresses like the margins, mm-hmm. then that's where I don't know, I think like so many of us as queer people, as queer people of color, like sure. there's that intersectional sp- loca- like locus yeah, point mm-hmm. that you might meet folks. Um, I I also have like an abundance of queer friends, but like they're all my f- like friendships that I've had. So and then I've also lived in New York City all my life, basically. Yeah. Um, so there's that. I'm like work is always a place where I've always made my like my new friendships. Yeah. Because right? yeah. it's hard to I meet people, but like the amount of time it takes to invest and become truly friends, work is the place that I do that in. Yeah. yeah. Because you happen to be around those people yeah, for, for thirty hours, hours and hours anyway, a day. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've also met rare, like on Tinder, I saw people being like, just here for friends. I was like, then hop off, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I believe, so Bumble has a version, uh, there's oh, a version yeah. of Bumble that's like just friends. And I wonder if, if that's a place to, that might be a good idea. Um, yeah, well, I guess my so my ex wife played intramural basketball, so we met a lot of women and queer couples uh, through that. Mm-hmm. And then when we got divorced, and then all of a sudden, those women aren't my friends anymore. <laughs> uh, it happens. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, they were more her friends, but I digress. Yeah. Uh, but my my wife now, um, you know, in her last relationship she was with someone who was like very uncomfortable with their sexuality and wasn't mm-hmm. um, like interested in, in being immersed in gay culture. Mm-hmm. So uh, now that Cecilia has been with me and I'm definitely the opposite of that. Um, she like really wants to have like more gay friends and hang out with gay couples more and like latches onto to that more. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like anytime you we do meet like a couple or, or somebody we like follow up with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, here's like my phone number, my email, let's get together for, I'm, but for me, honestly, personally comedy is mm, how yeah. I, I've met so many queer women doing comedy. And in Cincinnati, I know that's not like helpful. <laughs> One, if you're yeah. not a comedian and two, uh, you're, you're in Cincinnati. Yeah. But I, I think the other things, like if there are any like, uh, gay trivia nights, and you know, for every bear, there's mm-hmm. there's a a dyke, yeah, there is, somewhere there's, in their circle. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess with like even with bars, I can't imagine there are that many gay bars in Cincinnati. But look at their websites, like look at the different nights they have. Look at like maybe they do a trivia night or like a yeah. ladies' night or things like that. Um, and but you might ha- it's almost like dating. You might have to kind of make yourself really available to that and, and articulate that to people. Like, yeah. strike up conversations with people. Like, hey, we just moved here and we're kind of like looking for places mm-hmm. to hang out or like yeah. people to hang out with or whatever. And if you get a good vibe, then you it's it's a it's not unlike dating. I think. Also, like I don't know if there's a a Facebook group or some type of like community message board. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of mm. neighborhoods have groups for people to communicate stuff and like throw a gay barbecue. Yeah, yeah. just saying like mm-hmm. we're having a LGBTQ plus yeah. allies welcome um, barbecue and something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and, never know. You know, yeah. make the make the dykes come to you. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> if, if you grill it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> you can always host oh, a Grey's great. Anatomy viewing party. You at could, a, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Streaming parties. exclusively Calzona clips. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, like depending on on how um, how like socially comfortable mm-hmm. you are, um, you know, a lot of people do have viewing parties at bars, mm-hmm. like just. Mm-hmm. A- approach a bar and the next time some gay ass show comes out yeah mm-hmm. oh the, or a drag race i mean there's there's i think every bar is showing drag race these days yeah that's less that's lesbians a, though yeah that's yeah i know but, but like maybe when that new uh tignataro jennifer aniston oh, movie yeah. comes out on netflix <laughs> you, you yeah know? really take that and run with it to, yeah that will <laughs> bring all the, the all the to the, the yard <laughs> that's great uh, was, you know, is there anything that you want to plug like social media? No, I mean, I'm just, just no, yeah. I'm just, I just like do things based on invitation. So thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, that's really coming. what it is. Um, I just did something with them, the, yeah. the site. Yeah. Um, and so there's, we've had some about- of our past guests on, on, uh, them before Elsa Waith has been featured a bunch mm-hmm. and just Tom. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's something we just did about, uh, being a queer person of faith. Oh, cool. um, and so there's like a there's like me and someone who's Catholic and uh, Jewish and so there's that just came out about two weeks ago. Oh um, yeah, we'll push yeah. that on our social media. Um, no, it was and it was a good article too. They made a really the, yeah they wrote a really lovely article and they're then, doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like all the stuff that I'm seeing from them. A lot of interesting mm-hmm. uh, pieces. And then great. sometime in June, Huffington Post. Um, I did something with them called Perspectives. They're doing a series of just unique perspectives. Um, so that they just launched that. I think they already released like six or so. Like they're like mini docs episodes. Like you know they're six mm-hmm. minute long, five minute long things. Yeah. Um, but that'll come out in June for them. Um, so again, cool. just invitation. We'll be sure to link cool. that. Thanks. Yeah. Twitter for sure. Thank you so Thanks much for, for being me. here yeah. with us. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast already, please do. And you can go on iTunes and rate and review us. Thank you for everybody who has so far. You can email us questions if you want to hear them on the podcast, dykingout at gmail.com. And uh, go to our Patreon page if you have uh, a few spare bucks or want some Diking Out swag. That's patreon.com slash dykingout. And follow us social media at yeah. Diking Out everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Keep diking out with us, Absolutely. guys. Ladies. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.